And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a regular basis. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I am very pleased to have fellow podcaster Muhammad Omar here with me on the show. Muhammad is the host of a new podcast called Intentional Being and the Simple Seven Steps. Hello there, Muhammad. Welcome to the Positive Head Podcast, my friend. Hi, Brandon. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, uh, when I saw the content and sort of what your show was about, and we initially uh, talked about possibly interviewing uh, one another, and uh, it definitely made a lot of sense to me. You're definitely in the, in the exact same wavelength, and uh, I look forward to kind of picking your brain and, and learning uh, what what fuels you. And, and to jump right into that, first question I always like to open up with, you're on an elevator, you've got 10 floors to answer. The guy next to you looks over and says, what's your passion? What do you say? Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, my passion, that would be, um, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. It's the, it, it, my real passion is to be in alignment with my true self and mm-hmm. express that true self outside in any way. So, so answering the answer to that person would be an expression of who I am, or, or if I'm going to play music, that will be the expression that would be the passion. So creativity in general is my passion. Ah, you know, I, I love that. And I always say we're all creators. So doesn't it make a lot of sense that, you know, all being emanations of source energy, which is the creator, right? Our higher self, God, whatever source, whatever you want to call it, it, it creates. So we are, you know, in our, I guess, most joyful state, most excited state when we are somehow, some way being creative. And I think, of course, that differs for different people. Um, but uh, you mentioned in your, in your case, you Music is is a big one for a lot of people, of course, a a big one in my own life. And I know we talked a little bit about that uh, over email even. But um, yeah, creating is uh, certainly something that I would say anyone out there who's maybe not tap, you know, you hear these people sometimes, Muhammad, who talk about, I'm not creative. And it's like, yes, everyone (laughs) is. It's just a matter of tapping into it. Would you agree with that? I would say creativity is who you are. There is no question. It's just a matter of clearing the dust and you will find that infinite creative space within you. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially, you know, a lot of people, of course, get self-conscious about it. And I know I've had my share of that sort of thing and or worrying what someone thinks or where I make it or is it going to make, can I make money with it or any of those things? And I think if you can get purely into a creative mindset and space without expectation, without worrying what anyone thinks or doesn't think, and just, you know, really tap into your creative essence, there's a lot a lot of uh, goodies there to be found, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do you know the so, author, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the you one know, who- You know, I am. Yeah. I'm familiar. But yeah. I, I don't think I've read Elizabeth Gilbert's books. Um, she has a book, Something Magic, right? Big, big Magic. Uh, absolutely yeah. awesome book. Must read for people like you and me who want to tab into that creative flow and yeah. uh, and be free of that judgment, the voice inside and all that. She speaks yeah. wonderfully. She has a, that one, wonderful uh, way of talking. And she, yeah. um, before her breakthrough, which is the biggest book of hers, which is um, Eat, Pray, and Love, she mm, was, yeah. she kept her day job all the way until that book went out. And of course, it became like top selling and she got millions out of it. Uh, until right. that day, she kept her job. And her, her, her reasoning is that... I don't want to make my creativity. I don't want to burden my creativity. I want it to st- keep it free. Uh-huh. I want my creativity to just be free. And I don't want to ask my creativity, hey, you have to pay my bills. Hey, you have to. Right. I- I'm just going to separate those two. And I yeah. believe the universe give her back yeah, to expand yeah, in the true way she is. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, that's something, Muhammad, I can relate to. When I set out to, you know, a little over uh, a year, uh, you know, I'm coming up on, well, close to a year and a half, year and three, four months since I launched uh, Positive Head and um, the Positive Head podcast. And that was very much my approach, too. It's like I wanted to be, a, be in a position where I could approach it without any concerns of, you know, uh, monetizing. And, of course— that becomes difficult for a lot of us, for a lot of people. And, and I know you're an entrepreneurial spirit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot in common, it seems. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, having some success in uh, business. Uh, and of course, it's been funny, it's funny for me because in that year, I've definitely had a bit of a roller coaster, but uh, that's a whole nother story. But, uh, you know, at the time starting, you know, definitely a, a peak in, in, you know, business and business success. And I was very, um, passionate about, okay, I don't want to have to monetize this. Not that I'm opposed to it, but I'm, I'm just not, that's not a part of it for me. I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be as pure as it possibly could be. So I, I definitely can relate to that, Mm -hmm. um, that perspective. Yes. And the roller coaster as well is part of the process. Sometimes it is. Absolutely. I would say say always it is, (laughs) right? A lot of the times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If it's happening, it's happening. You know, Tony Robbins always says, and I, I love it, you know, this statement, life is happening for you, not to you. And uh, I believe we have to look. And sometimes those for you's are really hard. You got to dig to find. Uh, Hold on. Why is this good for me again? But uh, exactly. I think, I think uh, it's there. The lump of coal is, is, is at some point ready to be transmuted into a diamond, you know, when you can really look at it from the right angle and really understand why you've attracted something into your reality. Yes, and there are so much diamonds out there. Yes, there is a lot of diamonds. So, <laughs> so speaking of, what, what is your intention with 
intentional beans. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what did, what, what did you set out with? Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you podcasting? Oh God, where, where should I start? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Wherever so you want, Mama. That, that was supposed to be a book to begin with. It was supposed ah. to be a book that was, that I wrote back in 2007 and it's called Intentional Beings, The Seven Simple Steps, The Path to Co-Creations and Self-Realization. Or, oh. or the natural path to, to co-creations and self-realization. So let's start from here. I basically had that book in my hand at age 20 um, that's called Yoga Philosophy by Yogi Ramacharaka. Mm. Not, very, not so much known person, but uh, right now, because that's very old book, very old for probably 1905. And that mm-hmm. book introduced me to the concept of spiritual awakening. And I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I've been looking for since I was a little kid. Right. What is spiritual awakening? And so through a series of, you know, life experiences and meditations and yoga and Kundalini and mixing with drugs as well, because I was a rock star back in the 90s. And (laughs) under the influence, I had that, immense experience awakening um i would call it and i and and the and the drug effect left went away and the experience continued for about two to three weeks and it was that amazing sublime space of absolute joy with nothing in the world can clutter it or do anything to it it was just that awareness of being and i thought that okay this is great um, later on, I started to suffer from life again. And then I went to Alcoholics Anonymous and I got clean off drugs mm-hmm. back, at, back in 96. And then um, I came to United States 2000 and I was introduced to Abraham Hicks. Mm. And that blows my, my mind. Oh, yeah, blows me away. <laughs> One of the most influential, I think, in my life. And I, I was introduced the concept of co-creation or manifesting what you want. And I was like, is that different from enlightenment? What I've been looking mm-hmm. for? That, that, that passion that I, I want to be aware of who I really am, that true self. And then after years, um, just a few years later, I was introduced to Eckhart Tolle, which is a full uh, yeah. circle back into the concept of enlightenment. And so the questions that kept coming in the last few years is, are these two different paths or are they one? If Mm. I'm going to let go of desire in order to reach enlightenment, does that make sense? And what about Mm. co-creation? Do I have Mm. to be a monk? Do I have to let go of what I want? Do these desires that I have... To, to create in this world um, real, or should I just put them aside and uh, just seek m- my original intention, which is to uh, awakening. And so mm. as, through a series of meditations that actually I was taught by Ibrahim X, it was a tape mm-hmm. back in the 90s that they created called Blending with the Inner Being. And mm. I listened to that tape every day during that period. Mm. It was 2002. And then I had that amazing spiritual experience again. After one month of complete isolation, meditation 
24-7. I just wake up, eat, meditate, and, and that's it. Um, wow. all, all day long. And my intention was to, what, as, as Abraham said, blend with my inner being. Mm-hmm. So I can have that same experience that Esther Hicks had, you know. Um, and though I remember exactly it was July 4th, 2002, when I stood up in my small apartment, my living room, I opened my arms wide and I said to myself, if there is one person on earth that will have that blending experience, it was be, it would be me. Wow. And I said that with conviction because I had in my head the background of those years of seeking and, and the manifestations of coming from Egypt to the United States is big. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all about seeking the, that knowledge that didn't exist there at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, when I start to have that blending experience and things start moving, much like what, what happens to Esther when the head, her head used to move at the beginning. Uh, that's what she used to say. She used to type with her nose. I don't know if you hear that story. No, I <laughs> Yeah, not. she said she used to type with her nose and Jerry would be sitting next to her and would write and stuff like that. And then, um, uh, and then the uh, same thing happened to me, but I was not typing. It started to move over. All wow. around my body and these movements start to move like to a sort of yoga sort of tai chi sort of dance wow and my wife called it moga at the time because moga <laughs> is um uh, it means wave in in egyptian language so uh-huh. uh and by the way she's from here she's um, um from arizona here but she learned some arabic so she called it yeah. moga as a joke and and then <laughs> that, that that was it it's moga i still do that type of yoga until today and wow. and and and, and the this same came th- from your blending sort of channeling type experience absolutely is, is that- all okay, i had cool. to do is put my mind aside enough time that the energy of who you are shines through that's it yeah. and i would not yeah. say that i reached enlightenment i'll be lying because my right. ego i still hear it it's, it's, it's yeah. always there. And sometimes I have to t- say it takes over of me. Um, but the only difference is that there is an opening that happened, that opened up. And that opening, I can switch and tune into it and listen to my true voice mm-hmm. than just than than my mind i was aware of both voices sort of speak and have the ability to tune into this or that mm. um you see and, and that's a, yeah and that's a, the difference that i that i see and it's also called kundalini awakening in my opinion i relate mm-hmm. both together because because it is kundalini uh, you, you've done yoga right Yes. Yeah. So there are in, in Hatha yoga, there are things that they teach like the neck lock. They call them mm-hmm. bandhas and the abdomen lock and the mola bandha and the bottom. Um, all these things happen naturally when I do this moga. And besides mm-hmm. something else that singing, my voice starts singing. But, you know, that's uh, weird, you know, weird. I know that, that reminds me a lot of, um, you know, what you're talking about. I've seen this sort of thing. Uh, with people uh, in a few occasions it's never happened to me directly but uh, i think of some ayahuasca journeys and multiple times i've seen um 
different females especially go into singing or i even had uh, a girlfriend that went into singing you know with psychedelics not ayahuasca but you know uh psilocybin mushrooms or lsd and so i've seen this multiple times with ayahuasca where they'll go into this very you know it's it's i don't even know how to describe what you're hearing it's but you can tell it's just something coming through them that is coming from elsewhere <laughs> that's that is right and so this is where it came that the seven simple steps and i believe i received it to sort of calm myself and find a path mm-hmm. that is simple that is very simple and it will work with everything if you're religious it will work there if you're a yogi it will work there if you pr- follow zen and the information coming saying that those seven simple steps has been practiced all along they're not new Mm-hmm. The only new about them today is that you can, is that you know where you are. You're in step two, you're in step three, you're in step four, what, what you're doing in relationship to anything, any subject mm-hmm. in your life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was so quickly just saying my story oh, of the I seven it, simple though. steps. Yeah. Well, it, it, of course, leads me to so many more questions. Yes, I <laughs> like, know. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear. So so let me get this straight. So the seven simple steps you're saying you came up with in this whole process, uh, this experience that you were, you were having. Did I, did I get that right? You can say that, but I always say it, I did not really came up with it. I discovered it. Three. It was there. It was there. Yeah, gotcha. Yes. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely makes sense based off of what you're describing. So uh, let's talk about those the seven simple steps. Uh, what are they? Well, step one is intention and mm-hmm. uh, basically intend. Find your intention. They are already within you. You don't mm-hmm. have to go get them. They're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncover them. And then mm-hmm. grow them, grow them. And when you grow them, it means that you're just removing dust, z- dust from them. So the, so basically connect to what I call the higher intentions, the intentions that you came with mm-hmm. to, into this life. You came to manifest right. these intentions. And then right. the second step is awareness of being, which is mm-hmm. essential. And, and even Ibrahim Hicks talk about you have to be aware of how you feel, Right. Mm-hmm. You have right. to be aware of the direction of the feelings. And basically that was, that is the seven simple steps and relate also to my spiritual experience in the past. And I remember that during those three weeks of absolute joy, there was one stable feeling of being one relationship that was going on at all time was that immense, let's say, um, stability or, uh, anchored into mm-hmm. the true self. Mm-hmm. Like in the center. And that's what we are looking for. We want to be aware of that self, that true self, most of our day. Right. And then the second, the third step is to express, is, is expression. If you feel something, mm-hmm. you need to express it without lying, without, um, and sort of, so you were mentioning at the beginning people, um, saying, Oh, I'm not creative. That third yeah. step is at the core of opening up that creativity because it tells you to remove all the masks and be right. as who you really are in the moment. If you want right. to cry, you cry. If you want to uh, yell, if that's how you feel, then you that's what you express, right? Right. And, um, and then after that expression, you move into the state of allowing. And so mm. you intend to be allowing. And uh, allowing is a... Is a 
universal law. It's a, it's it's in every religion, every sacred literature. It's written there in different names. Maybe surrender, maybe acceptance. Is that mm. state of being one with life and not minding what is going on around. Right. And so sometimes we need to do some work to get there, to be in that state of allowing. So that's step four. Step five, once you're in that state of allowing, what will happen is you will receive gifts. So step five yeah. is receiving insights. Once you're mm. in that state of, state of allowing, what will happen is that you either you're going to manifest what you want, you'll see it, or you will receive insights. And those insights are tailored for you. There's not, it's not something that you need to take and teach other people or, um, oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Bye. It's, 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 you have to know that this is the universe is giving you those golden nuggets that, right. Yeah, they are for you. So use them. So how to use them in step six, inspired action. And, I know it's misleading. It means like, hey, go do something, but it's not. It's basically application of that insight. So you may use affirmations. You may use contemplations. You may use meditation. You need to practice that new insight. You need to become it. If you do that, you're going to reach step seven, which is realization. And realization is a state that um, I talk about it as most of the time as theoretical, but it's actually real because, and, I, and I'm saying theoretical because the, there is only one realization, really. It's the realization of the true self. Mm. But you can use other small realizations. Like, for example, you are realizing that you are abundant already. You don't need to be, to, to be running to get money. Or real, you are realizing that you are a great writer. You are... Mm believe in yourself as a writer that's a realization Mm -hmm. and if you're in that state you don't really you don't care for validations if um tony robbins himself came and stand in front of you and said sorry your book is horrible i'm sorry (laughs) you'll be like whatever dude (laughs) you know nothing will happen to you because you are in direct knowing direct relationship with knowing that you are doing what you supposed to be doing yeah. Yeah. So that's quickly just going through that. You can uh, apply them in anything in your life. Yeah. And this is, uh, of course, sort of the foundation of what you talk about on the, on the podcast, correct? That, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I definitely uh, resonate with all those concepts and uh, it, uh, I'm sure the audience as well. Now you talked about, uh, you know, of course, realization, right? And uh, realizing the true self. What what would you describe the true self to be? Mm. What do I realize? What what do? How can I ex- explain the true self? Yeah, well, you, you so, know your 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 description of what it means from, yes. from all your experiences and what you've been through and your perspective on reality. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So let me breathe in. <laughs> That's a so, good one to breathe it, in. It's, on. <laughs> a, it's a very powerful question because, um, be, and, and the main challenge here is that it's it's indescribable with words. But I'm gonna do mm. my best. Okay. Excellent. Um, so the true self, 
let's start from here. Let's start and say that we are an infinite beings, right? And we came, um, all right. So there are two separate soul journeys. The first soul journey, um, I don't remember the terminology here, but it's, but it's to be separate from source is to experience mm-hmm. yourself as separate as an yep. individual. And that's mostly it. Mo- most people you see around you are yep. living in that state, separate, disconnected, mm-hmm. and some with good intention. And, and, and basically they seek to help themselves grow and stand out and become big and, and, um, to, approve of that self because they don't Mm -hmm. know that the self is already does not need to be approved of at all. So the second soul journey, and that's from yogic tradition, not from my opinion. That's, um, Mm -hmm. I read that in a yogic tradition. And the second part is that when the soul starts to getting glimpse of trying to remember what, who I really am, and in that process is the process of integration and going back into knowing the self as true, knowing the soul as infinite and as, ne- as a soul, the real self, as it, it never dies. It's always been there and it will always be. And within that second state, um, there are two stages. The first one is that awareness that you are infinite, that you are always alive, that you will never die. There's no such a thing as death. Right. And this is where all fears go away. And when all fears go away, your life here on earth will become simply, it becomes heaven. Heaven on right. earth. Be, you right. will realize at that point that everything around you is magical. Everything is great the way it is nothing nothing needs to change there's no evil there's no pain there's no differences between the days of the week or there's no holy day and a a non-holy day or an evil person not evil person and then in the second stage of that soul journey is that stage that you recognize that everything is one with you there are absolute no separation between you and time and space and the planets the and, and that stage if, if we cannot really talk about it because it's beyond the words mm-hmm. it beyond any explanations um and, it, and beyond any imagery in your mind because the, once, yeah. once we make an image uh, you know the ego will find something to hold on to but there is nothing really to hold on in, to at all in that state it's a state of oneness with everything right uh ooh. <laughs> yeah i did what lot. i can and i couldn't agree more with all of it it's <laughs> you make it easy <laughs> Thank so you. make it sound easy anyway but yeah to describe something that is so hard to kind of uh wrap uh your brain around and see from all angles and i love i really love how neil donald walsh puts it in the conversations with god books which um you know you've mentioned a few of my favorite teachers and and neil donald walsh has won conversations with god were hugely influential books on me you know uh, many many years ago when they came out and 
Um, he talks about a divine dichot- it being a divine dichotomy, you know, two apparently contradictory things that both hold true from the ultimate perspective, like you and I are separate. We can see evidence to that fact. We're talking here and we're states away from each other. <laughs> we're have, holding a conversation. I'm in California, you're in Arizona. And so, yes, there's truth in that. From another perspective, you and I are one. It's the same consciousness, uh, you know, animating different forms, talking to itself from another perspective. That in, in indeed is is the case. I would say so. Uh, I, I really like that. You know, the idea that contradictory things can both be true based off the vantage point or lens through which you're viewing. Right. Yes, and uh, our you know our intention here is to keep finding out more of that self. Because it's infinite right. and it's ever, ever, ever expanded, expanding. There's a lot right. of greatness here. And I will say it as some of my teachers say it too, the prize is you at the end. Right. You are the right. real prize. Yes, absolutely. Mm. It all comes back to you. It's all, you know, I always say that uh, you are the center point of your own private universe. I'm a reflection. I'm a reflection of you and your movie. You're a reflection of me and my movie. But I'm literally, in in one sense, it's my own trip. You know, I, everything is happening for me, mm. to me. I, you know, it's, I think of the... Uh, a diagram I, I interviewed Nassim Haramein. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Brilliant mm. quantum physicist uh, several months ago. And he uh, showed a, you know, he's he has such incredible perspective looking at things from, of course, a very scientific basis, but tying in unity mm. and oneness and spirituality in such a brilliant way. And mm. he showed a picture of, you know, it was all these different points in this Taurus kind of thing. And he, he talked about how every point was was the center of the universe, essentially. Like it, it was everything coalesced in that point. But then there was wow. infinite points, but they all are the center of their own, you know, everything's happening around them and they're the stillness in the middle. And I, I believe that's what is happening with us. You know, we mm. are that focal point of source and everything is happening around me. This is my sort of private movie in a sense but it's everyone's private movie and uh we we get to uh of course then learn how to co-create uh mm-hmm. that you get back into the, the art of living right the the dance of you know separation and unification separation and unification and i'm curious uh what your thoughts are on how to find that balance how do you mix the concepts of co-creation you know with self-realization mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we 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 gonna be walking in a what what I call as a very narrow bridge, mm. or a seemingly narrow bridge between the the crying of the ego, which we always mm. hear, and it's always yeah, there, true. and it does pull us out of our center. And that constant... Everybody's greatest obstacle, E.G. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So between that and and the constant and trusting, ensuring sound of that inner being within, that soul that's shining through. So we're going to be walking here. And we know while we create, we look for those intentions not as an end result, which is really, really um, can be very challenging to the ego, but at the same time, it is simple. We have to be anchored in into our being, not in the 
in the things. Mm. So uh, let's say we're going to create a vision right now that we are in a ship sailing in the ocean and we are enjoying that sunset. Okay. And let's mm-hmm. say that this is a dream of our, of me to be in that ocean sailing. And it's, let's say it's a fancy ship, right? So mm-hmm. it's important not to be attached to that ship itself. But through that vision, we, it's like the bow and arrow and we're shooting up in the air to get to that real deal, which is the feeling space itself. Mm-hmm. Because the feeling are what is real. So we have to keep walking that way. We have to keep yep. walking and looking to what is real, not the ship. Don't yep. be attached to the person or the exact avenue of the money or the exact anything. And, and, and that will take a lot of surrendering. So that is our challenge. We have to learn how to be in allowing state. Yeah. 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 Getting in, in touch with the essence of the experience, not the, the props in the experience, I would right, say. Right, right. As you were saying a minute ago, it's like the whole universe inside itself. It's like every yeah. one atom inside it, the whole universe again, it's weird how it works, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. everything is a reflection of everything and everything is part of everything. Um, and so, yeah, it is that same concept. When you reach to that feeling state, it is the true manifestation because if you kept clinging to the, the ship itself, you know, that ship experience would be maybe good, but it's not going to be the actual satisfaction that you will get. You have yeah. to hold on to that essence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that is something uh, I think of oftentimes, you know, when I... Uh, when I perceive people's relationship experiences or myself, even from firsthand experience, you know, you have a relationship and it's with a person or, you know, whether a friend or a lot of times with romantic relationships and this person is completely unique. They're irreplaceable in in some way. And then there's a breakup and there's this, you know, great loss, sense of loss. And how can I ever, uh, you know, I'll never replace this person. And I think what is really important with our relationships or with a, uh, you know, a physical possession, you know, or whatever it is, when you can understand that whatever it is that you love about the essence of a thing or a person or an experience, the universe has so many creative ways uh, to deliver that essence to you uh, or variations on that essence that are even going to be more suited for you in the next iteration of your experience as you become the next greatest and grandest version of self, right? So people can be not so attached to that beautiful yacht that they're sailing on when it sinks and then be devastated. Instead, realize there's infinite versions of yachts they haven't even perceived yet that can be brought into their experience and instead look to the horizon as, oh, wow, that was incredible. And now it's past and that's beautiful. And I can't imagine what vessel will appear next for me, right? And, And so often I think people get sucked into mourning uh whatever it is they've lost and mm-hmm. then that holds them in that of course vibrational state where they can't really move forward or experience uh what's next that that is right that is right yeah. and it's it happens to me you know i cling on things oh, and we all and have it, those experiences and it and it wakes me up you know it, it's a good thing actually because it's an opportunity there's a part of me that's still holding on things that is not allowing the light 
It's not allowing yeah. the, the fullness of myself. And right. I'm glad that you came here to show me this. So let's work with you. Let's, let's allow, let's practice a little bit more surrender. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the key. I, surrender is uh, such a big, big piece for people mm-hmm. to get. Uh, I know for me, for all of us, to uh, just surrender to what is and to, to experience it fully. And, and, and you know, I like the, the idea, master someone who embraces whatever shows up because they realize, even if they don't fully see the, the whole picture, they realize it is perfectly, you know, gifted to them uh you know a, a higher part of themselves has placed it there intentionally as uh the next you know next thing for them to experience and as a result they embrace it fully and surrender to whatever it is yes so one of the things that i'm very interested in that you talked about was um sort of some of the experiences that you've had the, the inner child in me loves, loves, loves to hear any sort of spiritual experience in detail or maybe a synchronicity, you know, a lot of times a story of synchronicity or serendipity or any kind of positive paranormal uh, story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like you have a few up your sleeve there, Muhammad. Yeah. <laughs> you care to share? Okay. So let's see. Um, yeah, you said your inner child. I love that because I love <laughs> inner child work. It's amazing, profound work. It's definitely seven simple steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. So um, let me pick Lest something. Lest you become like a child, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, all right. So there is one story that I always um, say Mm-hmm. I already told you about the the blending experience and the uh, me yeah, standing yeah. and opening the arms. It's like weird. It's like, you know, even though the intention was there all along, but mm-hmm. somehow when I stood up and I opened my arms wide and I said, if there is someone on earth, it's going to mm-hmm. do it. It would be me. You know, it, something powerful about this. You know, something, there's something some came through co- you. Yes. There is some co-creations right there so let me talk about moving from egypt to the united states as one of my manifestations that i did and so i was in a 12-step program and that's where i started that's where the idea of seven simple steps came from is those 12 steps are how they affect so many people's life and change them profoundly. Profound like AA change. kind of thing. Is that, exactly. Is that AA mm-hmm. and A, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so at the time, I was still in a rock band and um, the government... In Egypt, right? I was in Egypt and the government okay. came and took everything. Um, they uh, accused us of base, being satanic. They took 60 people oh. to jail. Um, wow. And the, the music stopped at that point completely. Wow. And, and then I was basically alone and my band is broke. I cannot, I don't have my band anymore. And I'm starting to kind of clean my life from the beginning by going to AA and getting clean. And so I would talk to my sponsor about how much pain I'm in. There is no job. I don't want to work in Egypt because people make so much money. It's like, it's like you're here in America making $400 a month. Would that help you? 
it's not going to help probably pay the rent probably. Right. Yeah. So that's basically, that's what people get paid there. Something wow. really very, very low. And, um, and then my struggle with understanding myself because I'm coming from d- drug experience and getting clean and all that. And then my struggle with my, um, my music and my struggle with my, uh, college. I didn't finish college at the time. And so there was pain everywhere I go. And there was problems with my friends. I, I, I just found myself all alone. And so I talk to him every day and he will tell me, are these problems that you're thinking about, you have to work with them today? Are they really um, in hand today? And I would say, mm-hmm. no, but I need to worry about them a little bit. <laughs> right. And he would tell me, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Why don't you hand them over to that God of your understanding? Okay. Whatever you choose, right? Really just right. hand them over. And so that's what I did. And that my sponsors talk to me every day for day after day, a whole year, actually. And the miracles start to happen. You know, I met a girl who came from Arizona here and we started playing music together in five stars hotel. Apparently people in Egypt like blondes and she was blondes. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so we got the best, the best jobs there, um, playing music, making a lot of money, living in a five stars hotel, don't have to work at all. Wow. So I had to spend my time because I, I really did not want to play music at the time because I was playing cover tunes to kind of turn off, turn me off from playing music. Yeah. So I spent my time doing yoga, about four to five hours daily doing yoga. And wow. during this time, I believe that I transformed so much about my consciousness it, that, yeah. that, that crowdedness, that pain that was around me, and, and I'm not saying Egypt is Spain or Cairo is Spain, that what I was living in. It's my perception of it that was painful, okay? Yeah. And so that was transformed completely. And this is how she came one day and she said, do you want to come to the United States? Yes, and here I am. 16 years later, I'm here still. And I believe that I'm in the right place. Yeah. So that's just one experience. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. It's basically when you, what a, what a great lesson though, to surrender. How often do people really think of that? Like I can offer up all these problems to whatever it is to you. Like he said, whatever God source, higher self, whatever you want to call it, I want to offer it up to spirit. And, um, and now I am instantly lighter. And of course you did that. And it sounds like things got a lot lighter when you did that. Yes. And that's why we, we sometimes want to need each other's. We get insights from each other's. You can remind yeah. me of time that I'm down and tell me, how about you let go? You know? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. I mean, and I think that's what we're all doing here, really, you know, walking each other home, so to speak. I always yeah. say, you know, this passion for me talking about these topics and this podcast it's you know i'm i feel called to be a waker upper (laughs) i can't tell anyone anything that they don't already know i can just simply remind them what they've forgotten and in the process who who is being reminded first and foremost self right i always say you know of course there's Mm no no uh, selfless acts (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i'm doing this first and foremost we teach best what we most need to learn right that's right 
So uh, it's it becomes this beautiful, you know, uh, thing, uh, this experience as relationships of all kinds in our life. And it's certainly in my life in recent years, I've seen a lot more, um, I, I've made a lot more relationships of people who are on the same wavelength. And it's so beautiful because I can have moments of slipping and now this person is there to do exactly what you're saying. Hey, look at what you're doing. You know, knock, knock. Look, mm-hmm. your, your vibration just went down about five notches there with that perspective. Care to come back up here? And it really to have that support and you know i'm curious in your own life because i you know it sounds like you've been on this path for quite some time as have i and i know i've I've talked about it oftentimes on the show i've been you know for the first you know 15 years of my spiritual journey it would be me you know passionately talking about that subject i felt so called to talk about and aside from reading books from famous authors way far away removed from my day-to-day life it was be talking about this stuff to anyone who would listen and and they'd either say, hmm, that's very interesting, or wow, what's he smoking? And that was sort of <laughs> it. And now in recent years, it's like, <sighs> I've just got, you know, I'm connecting with people like you all the time on the show, and I've got all these <laughs> friends in my day-to-day life, and, you know, uh, that uh, I go to a lot of transformational festivals where there's just droves of people on, you know, awake and aware and talking about this stuff and spreading love and light, and it's uh, such a beautiful uh, you know, experience to have that support system. Have you, at, on your own journey, do you feel like you're seeing more and more people sort of uh, coming online and waking up, so to speak? Yes, yes. Um, I mean, would you imagine just a few years earlier that a book like The Power of Now will do what it did? Sales, yeah. sales millions all around the world talking right. about just being awake? I mean, yeah. how that happens. I used to, yeah. I traveled all the way from Egypt to here so I can find those books, you know, right. um, uh, one here and one there and go and practice with Yogi Bhajan up in the mountain for a couple of weeks or, you know, that's what I did basically at the, at the beginning. But now it's, it's definitely a lot of people hearing this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It really, and it seems a lot of people are, you know, I referenced the Transformational Festival scene and it's it's incredible because it seems like it's like you know and even with like very young people you know 18 19 20 you know just sort of coming out of childhood and in spirituality is like cool it's like the thing they're you know they're they're tapped into it they're turned on to it they they seem to be a lot clearer than maybe uh you know those that have come before them. And, uh, and so it's just a, it's really a fascinating, um, interplay on the planet at this time of light and dark. Uh, Mm. and it's going to be fascinating to see how it continues to unfold. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Omar, this is, uh, Muhammad, this has been so, I want to call you Omar. I have a, uh, <laughs> if you listen back to one of my very first podcasts, I have a really cool Omar story. Oh, and really? uh, so if you ever get the chance, listen to episode, I think it's two. Uh, and any of you listeners who haven't listened from the beginning. So anytime I see the name Omar, it's like I'm drawn to it instantly. And if you hear the story, <laughs> I won't share it now, but um, it, it's a long one. But uh, so Mohammed, uh, what is the best way for people to, 
connect with you through, obviously they can tune into the, to the podcast. Yes. Um, it, you also have a website as well, correct? Oh yeah. Intentionalbeings.com. And we are uh, holding um, uh, free classes that starts every month on the beginning. Ah, of the month. Wonderful. So we have that for that class, which is, I don't, I don't see any better first class as finding your, uh, it's called living with purpose, your personal mission statement. So basically you create that personal mission statement, which is 14 days, 14 meditations. We take you through a journey, every area of yourself. So you can find that statement that you're going to read to yourself in a daily mm. basis. Love that. Mm. Love that. That is uh, certainly, and that's all being offered for free on your website. Yes. And my website is a journaling website as well. I oh, happen cool. to have a website, journaling website that did good back in 2011 and still there with a lot of people journaling. So there are areas there where you journal while you answer certain questions. I love that. I yeah. love that. Well, I look forward to checking that out myself. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to yeah, hear your absolutely. opinion. Yeah. I still, yes. still have a lot of work, to be honest, because I am the web developer as well. I, I am a web developer. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I have some work to do on it, too. Yeah, well, it, it always, uh, it's an, you know, especially with web development, much with our own uh, personal self and self-growth, it's a never-ending process, right? The journey, yeah. the path is the goal. We never quite get it done. Yeah, uh, never done. Never done. Uh, well, uh, Muhammad, such a pleasure. So glad that we were able to connect like this. And I do have one final question I'd like to leave you with. I always open with the same question and, and close with the same question. 60 seconds or less. What is the meaning of life according to Muhammad Omar? Oh my God. <laughs> 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> the meaning of life. Well, let's say to know ourselves. Mm. simple and profound <laughs> just what came up in my mind right now <laughs> no it's it, it, i would argue but i agree so uh, yes <laughs> it's as good as any any uh you know you still had 59 seconds left and uh, but you couldn't have been more concise yeah, i kind of wish that i made it in a poetic shiny way but you know uh, what it felt like i'm reading it off a bumper sticker but here you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now you've got something that you need to create, a bumper sticker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mom. And thank you so much, my friend. This is a true pleasure uh, to connect with such a beautiful reflection. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, anticipating um, interviewing you on my podcast because intentional beings are out there want to hear about you. I'm sure you have uh, a lot to I say. Cannot, I cannot wait. Yes. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world, because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. 
Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.